first, it's really easy when we talk again like about buying a book of business that it's names and email addresses and phone numbers, but there really is so much now to the business that an individual agent owns and operates. Whether it's their Google My Business profile, whether it's their, their Facebook page, uh, whether they get uh, um, a lot of mileage out of a YouTube channel, or whether it's even that they have an office on a really busy corner with a great uh, um, signage opportunity or they have billboard contracts. And so sometimes I Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, I get the privilege of, of interviewing Justin Ball, a man who has resuccession.com, which is a way and a method for people to be able to buy essentially other real estate agents' businesses as they're pursuing retirement. So it's great for someone who might be looking to, to grow their book of business, or if you're a real estate agent who's looking to retire, maybe go full-time investing or do something different, this might be a great episode for you if you're looking to sell your book of business for some, some money, some value. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some high cash flow low appreciation investing, which I've done a lot myself. So super excited to be talking about that with you as well, Justin, but thank you for coming on the show. Take us into it. Like when was it in your journey that you became fixated on RE succession? Sure. So, uh, so glad to be joining you today. So happy to talk about this because it's such an important topic, just given uh, the age and the tenure of real estate agents uh, right now in the United States. And probably about four years ago, my wife and I, like many agents, um, got an email in our brokerage and it said, hey, this person is um, getting ready to retire and relocate and come into the common area for a pizza party or happy hour or breakfast and donuts, whatever it may be that time. And we really sat down and thought about what happens to all of the people in this person's pipeline and what happens to the sphere of influence that they have built over time and developed and, and really put their heart and soul into as they develop their real estate business. And uh, I think the sad answer is sometimes they just ride off into the sunset. And um, then those people who have worked with them and developed relationships with them, maybe they know another real estate agent or maybe they fall into the um, register online and get assigned to someone paying for leads uh, kind of area. And we happened to develop a really good relationship with another realtor in our office, um, Jim. And uh, Jim was starting to spend more time in Florida. And he said, hey, next time I'm gone, why don't you handle uh, my clients for me and I'll pay you a referral fee. And uh, this really set off a plan for us to say, how do we help someone who is retiring um, not only transfer all the contacts in their book of business, but transfer the trust and the relationship that they have built with those clients over the years to a new agent who can then really pick it up and monetize that list instead of just getting a giant spreadsheet uh, of information. So you guys went through this process, acquired essentially his book of business on referrals. Did that light a fire under you to do more of these? It did. And so that was really the beginning of it all. And we have a pretty healthy brokerage that we're a part of, Remax Traders Unlimited. There's about 120 agents in our brokerage. And so uh, this was certainly not going to be the first and not going to be the last. And we sat down and talked with some agents and said, hey, have you ever done a succession plan? Have you ever bought someone's book of business? How did this work? 
and no one had a playbook. No one had a format. Everybody said, well, I had an attorney drop this contract and agreement, and it's really particular to me and my specialty and my area. And we just started building tons of notes about how we would do this and how we would improve on it the second time around. And that was the impetus for us creating a book and a website that was specifically about um, succession planning for real estate and monetizing your book of business and retirement. And we are now on our third succession plan, which has uh, not only brought us a lot of great uh, money and commissions and earnings, it has served a lot of past clients of the realtors that we've built succession plans for. And I think that those um, three individuals would say they love getting referral commissions. Uh, they love getting the commission checks and they love seeing their family and the friends really taken care of well in the way that they took care of those people in those relationships. So let's talk about your first deal and how you structured it. Sure. So we really um, had sat down with Jim and said, we want to do this. How can we be good partners and how can everyone be a winner uh, out of this? And we ended up essentially working together um, for about six months where we literally um, co-branded uh, postcards and we co-branded um, all of his sphere of influence, uh, mailers and emails and messages and client parties. Uh, while at the same time, my wife, Jessica, and I were building our own team separate um, with our brand. And so the only people really seeing that co-branding and kind of co-marketing information was Jim's sphere of influence, Jim's clients, um, and the people, the investors that he worked with, the, the bro mortgage brokers that he worked with, the banks. And uh, we basically set up uh, a three-year plan where we said, hey, in year one, we are going to pay you a, a greater referral fee. Um, generally now, uh, looking back on it, I would say 30 or 35% in year one is a really good amount. Um, but again, it depends on the market and what people are comfortable with for referral fees. And then uh, in year two and year three, uh, we pay a slightly reduced referral fee, whether that's 30%, 25%, 20%, uh, on the arrangement. And we have copies of all of these contracts that we've used in our book um, that people can actually get a look at. But uh, what we really found out as we talked to literally probably not hundreds, but certainly well over a hundred different people who had done succession plans in one way or another throughout the country was we've got to find a way to keep the retiring agent engaged and sending uh, referrals actively through the pipeline. And so that's why we put the highest uh, referral percentage in year one is to really encourage that activity um, and to make sure that referrals are given in a really timely manner with enough information um, and really are warm leads. And I would say we were converting probably 80 to 90% of those uh, leads that were handed off directly into sales because these were people calling Jim saying, hey, you helped me buy my house. I'm ready to sell my house. You helped me buy this investment property. I'm ready to sell this. And he would just say, Jessica and Justin will be here on Friday at two o'clock. They're going to give you the kind of service that you expect. And this is going to be a really great transaction, even though I'm not there and I'm, I'm seeing part of it. And, um, you know, three years into that with Jim, uh, we really developed our own book of business from that. We paid a lot of commissions out. 
uh, to Jim. We earned a lot of commissions and we earned and gained a lot of great relationships in our community and uh, with his um, clients. And really, in a funny way, Jim owns some investment properties here in Peoria, Illinois, where we're from. And so we wrote into the, the contract for him to have the first right of refusal on buying those investment properties uh, with a reduced commission. And so it was a great way for us to grow our investment portfolio um, from some of Jim's properties as well. And I think that's some of the things that maybe experienced realtors and, and agents know is building their own portfolio of great rental properties and maybe younger real estate agents need to get in the, the habit of becoming an investor. And so this is a really great way to pass down that um, investor experience and for uh, agents to take over and begin their investment portfolios too. Absolutely. Let's talk about year three. So you'd mentioned in year one, it's like 30, 35%. Year two, it's 25 to 30%. What does it look like in year three? Yeah. So most of the times we continue to see that go down. I don't think we've ever given less than 20% in uh, the succession plans that we've done personally, or we've um, guided or advised others on developing. But what you see as, as we consistently did research, um, again, not just on our own and our ones here in the area, but across the country, was that you could expect to close about one third of the average annual um commissions that that agent had done before they retire. And by the time you got to year three, that had really gone down consistently. And so it was really then up to the, the successor agent to um, take and cultivate that. And then uh, at the end of the third year, uh, we essentially owned um, all of the names and all of the information in that book of business. Uh, the website and domain names and all of the other kinds of marketing, signage, um, and, and items that may be a part of that. Wonderful. And I so think that it's always been a good transition at the end, too. I mean, people have really said, hey, I've, I've earned off of my book of business. Um, I'm ready to, to formally um, be in retirement. And uh, they feel really good about the situation, too. And so... Talk about like, is there, is there any other forms of payment? Is it like a down payment or is it literally just straight referrals? Yeah, I think it really depends on how well developed that book of business is. And this is something we talk about as we consult and work with um, successors and, and retirees in it. If somebody has a really well-oiled machine of a, a CRM and a book of business, it might be that um, there is a value in, um, you know, we can kind of extricate that out of the, the average earnings and pay a down payment. Um, but I think what we found is that referral fee commission is really the structure to go with because, again, it puts skin in the game. Uh, you, you know, anybody can buy a list of hundreds of thousands of names and addresses and email addresses, but these are real people and real relationships that you're monetizing uh, and transferring over. So we have had some where we have incentives of, hey, if you um, close $4 million or $5 million or, or $2 million within the first year, uh, there'll be an incentive of uh, you know, $2,000, $5,000, $10,000. And if you close more than $5 or $8 million worth of business, there's an incentive um, paid out by the successor to the retiring real estate agent. Um, but I think what what happened decades ago when, when agents literally bought a book of business for twenty five dollars or $50,000 cash and, and got a spreadsheet of data, 
there's just so much data out there now that everyone can get access to that it's not the value in just having the spreadsheet of information. It's the relationships that hold the value. And so as somebody pursues this, I mean, I totally see why uh, percentages are right. This obviously could go not well, right? I mean, maybe the, the new agent is not good at communicating, following up, doing the right things. They're not honoring the legacy of the person before them. Like, can you give us some examples of maybe things gone wrong or? Yeah, I don't know that there's necessarily things that have gone wrong, but there's always things you can do better. And, and in our book and in our research, we really talk about um, the importance of choosing a successor when you are a retiring agent who can sit down and do some of the things that you do that are special, whether you're an amazing communicator, whether you have an amazing, uh, you know, marketing system whether you're the kind of agent who goes and has coffee at someone's house and sits around the dining room table and uh, gets things still wet signatures and, and uh, that style is finding a successor who can match your style, who can provide that kind of services in there. And I think we really do find um, a couple things that I would call big mismatches. One, when uh, that successor agent who is taking over the book of business can't or isn't able to or doesn't want to perform the way that uh, the retiring agent had done business um, or two that they simply can't handle the volume of business or they're not prepared or don't have their own systems to handle uh, that volume of business. Uh, one of the things that's came up a lot in our consulting and presenting has been agents will say, well, I've tried to do this before I retire and nobody does exactly what I do. They, they just can't be me, uh, a clone of what I do. And I think a really important conversation we have with both uh, the retiring agent and the successors there is they're not a clone of you. They're, they're not supposed to do exactly what you do. But what are, again, are the four or five things that your clients say you really do to serve them well? And maybe that's, hey, I make incredible spreadsheets for analyzing investment properties. Or maybe it's, hey, I'm, I'm really amazing uh, at uh, listing lake houses and I understand uh, retaining walls and seawalls and, and whatever it may be. We can help people take those four or five things that they're really good at as a retiring agent and prepare their successor to do it. But no one's ever going to be exactly that person and, and care for people in exactly the same way. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. 
If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. What would you say if we think about it like someone's watching this podcast and they're like, gosh, I want to buy 30 agents businesses in the next five years and just expand that way instead of paying Zillow as an example. What would yeah. be the process and the conversations on how to get somebody more open to selling their business to you? Yeah. I think a really good way to go about it is to um, look at your brokerage and see the agents who might be uh, retiring, who might be a good fit for you to be a successor to. You can always ask your managing broker, hey, who might you know that may be thinking about leaving and, and stopping selling uh, that I might be a good fit for? And I don't think I have ever sat down with an agent who we've talked to about um, taking over their book of business or, or buying their book of business who said, hey, I'm really offended that you respect me and think I do an amazing job and want to have this conversation with me. I think the the hardest or worst answer we've ever got is I have somebody else already in mind or um, I'm not open to that right now or you might not be a good fit. But generally, you're going to see people who are really open and receptive to that conversation. And even when people say, hey, I have a, a son or daughter or a niece or nephew who I think I'm going to bring into the business, um, those family succession plans don't always work out like you may think they they might. And uh, it keeps the door open for future conversations for those retirees to come back to you and say, um, hey, I, I'm interested uh, in a succession plan. And, and I wanted to share just a couple stats with you um, from NAR because th they're mind blowing. You know, it, it may seem um, huge to say, hey, I want to do several succession plans when when one might seem overwhelming. But there are over 300,000 realtors in the United States that are over the age of 60 who have been selling from 15 to 25 years. And there are 65,000 of them who in the last NAR survey said they don't plan to be selling real estate in the next 24 months. So if you have any doubt that there is the volume and the quantity of retiring productive agents out there, I can promise you there are. In our home state of Illinois, um, there are over 7,000 realtors who have, uh, you know, over the age of 60 who have said they don't plan to be selling real estate in the next 24 months. So um, we have literally done the succession plans to the point that uh, we have grown our team to a total of five agents. And, um, you know, we, we have capacity to continue to grow and do more, but um, we're growing slowly and effectively and efficiently. Uh, as we do that. So let's talk about volume. I mean, obviously, when you talk about the systems of co-marketing and branding and process, I mean, that's that's no small feat as far as getting that list of business to now integrate with your business. There's got to be some volume that that person does to justify that level of work. Can you talk to us about like, what's a minimum level of production you would want before you pursue a succession plan with somebody? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> Our, our average home price here in the greater Peoria, Illinois area and central Illinois is about $140,000. So we are not necessarily comparable to Southern California, to, uh, you know, Tampa or pick different markets or even Chicago here. And so given the kind of average volume and production that an agent in our market does, uh, anybody who's doing more than $5 million annually is a great person to start with. I think that's been about the smallest um, succession plan that we've worked on to the largest being a single agent who was doing over 15 million a year. Wow. 
Yeah. And that's obviously probably where both it's worth it for you. And obviously they have enough of a business to, to feel like over 15 million, they probably start to already have their own plan at that point. They do. I, th I think people are aware of that. And um, sometimes those agents don't want to keep their licenses active. And so um, they move into a holding company or um, depending on what you may want to call it, a retirement network or a referral network, uh, whatever it is. And uh, that's a, a really big option. But we do see some retiring agents who are simply relocating to another market in the United States keeping an active license and um, can continue to earn those full commissions uh, with it too. Um, either way, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into the, the nuts and bolts of like uh, retirement planning and when to take social security. But I think a lot of those agents who are financially savvy really know, hey, I want to continue to earn uh, at least this amount of my retirement until I draw social security or, or through the referral networks. Uh, that I have. And, and again, with the formulas that we have, uh, the kind of average business that they'll close each of the first three years and kind of how that changes over the course of time, um, people are pretty realistic uh, about exactly what that may look like. Well, this is really interesting too, because your first example was one not of retirement, but of relocation. And, mm -hmm. and so you had mentioned there's 300,000 real estate agents that are not planning on renewing their license in 24 months. But I would be curious to know what the statistics are on realtors that transition markets. I mean, we have a mutual connection that we know that just transitioned over to Arizona. Those got to be pretty huge, too. I mean, people are pretty mobile these days as far as changing markets. They are. And, and interestingly enough, even though it wasn't a formal succession plan, we had an agent who was um, in our brokerage and uh, her, her spouse relocated to Indianapolis. And uh, we simply said, hey, when you move over there. We'd love to um, work your sphere with you and be a referral partner for you uh, as you move out of the market because you still have family, you still have friends, you still have your sphere of influence here. And even those informal relationships have been really powerful. And I think once you become someone in your brokerage who has done a succession plan or been a really successful referral partner intentionally to take care of that person's clients, you get a reputation uh, for being a person who can be a resource, someone who can handle uh, those referrals well and someone who will care for those clients well. Yeah. In your process of co-marketing and getting behind the scenes in some of these agents' businesses that you've taken taken on, like what are some of the learnings that have happened in, in seeing the way that other people do things? Yeah. I think at first it's really easy when we talk again like about buying a book of business that it's names and email addresses and phone numbers. But there really is so much now to the business that an individual agent owns and operates, whether it's their Google My Business profile, whether it's their, their Facebook page, um, whether they get uh, um, a lot of mileage out of a YouTube channel, or whether it's even that they have an office on a really busy corner with a great uh, um, signage opportunity, or they have billboard contracts. And so sometimes I think we don't holistically think about the assets of our businesses and just how much of our business may come from um, those kind of assets that are absolutely transferable. Somebody can uh, buy out a billboard contract. Somebody can um, take over memberships and organizations as long as it meets their, their state license law and uh, is legal. Um, and a lot of people don't think just about all of the assets that they have built over time. 
Um, you know, one of the things that we also talk about in the book that, that's been really valuable is uh, people's seats in Rotary or people's seats in Business Network International or in networking circles. And, and usually, you know, someone retires and the, the group will find here's a, a replacement member that does commercial real estate or that does uh, property management. And instead, when you're really intentional about succession plans, you put someone in that seat intentionally to keep that pipeline um, flowing. And, and those are really powerful, important components of our business and really important parts uh, of other people's business. You know, taking them to a real estate investor meetup and introducing them to the clients who uh, you buy and sell investment properties for, which is something we do a lot of um, here in our area, are a really valuable cash producing, commission producing asset uh, that can be transferred and uh, can be paid referral fees on. This is really interesting. And so you mentioned things like Rotary. What are some things that you're doing now in your business that you would not have done had you not acquired uh, a real estate business? Sure. So our last um, uh, succession plan that we did, we did with the number one commercial single agent in our Remax region. And so this is really what developed us from just helping um, residential real estate investors to now having a, a full commercial team and full service kind of commercial and residential brokerage. And so, um, again, being a critical part of the real estate investors meetup, being the commercial agents in uh, Business Network International, um, being a part of Rotary, being on uh, the Chamber of Commerce, and some of those things that we just intentionally built out uh, during a succession plan has really been helpful. And I also think that working with the relationships that were passed on in our succession plan with commercial lenders, um, commercial appraisers, and, and everything that is that kind of niche of uh, commercial, whether it's uh, the, the groups locally that operate um, storage buildings and building management associations for industrial buildings and warehouse groups, um, that really there was a seamless transition not only of physically being in that seat uh, from the person who um, was, was uh, that we were the successor for, um, but being introduced and being embraced by those communities as someone that they could trust and to know that uh, the retiring agents' um, knowledge still was a part of the, the service that they would be receiving. Wow. What do you see as like, your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? Yeah, um, we really hope to be the number one commercial team in our region as we continue to develop. And we want to continue to develop the residential agents on our team to not just be um, doing well, but be doing amazing and be rock stars in their own aspect. And I think that um, just given the challenges that we're experiencing here in the Midwest and, and in um, smaller regional markets like ours uh, is to really be relevant and really retain and hopefully grow market share because we have a lot of agents leaving the industry. We have smaller number of agents entering the industry and uh, we want to continue to be not one of the teams that just survives, but the teams that really thrive and, uh, I think this has also given us, uh, my wife, Jessica, and I, a great chance to grow our own investment portfolios and expand outside of just single family homes, 
and um, small multifamilies, but to look at bigger uh, multifamily investment opportunities in our area and to look at bigger commercial investment opportunities in our area. Awesome. Justin, thank you so much for coming on, sharing about your life and your business. I have gotten so much knowledge from this. Like there's a number of people that come to mind right away that might be able to connect with. And so I'm sure if you're listening, that's probably the case for you. If you're looking to grow your business, take down some notes from what you learned today. Share with somebody who knows they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know you too, will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 